0: Is the No Olds Bar of Witchcraft podcast. And Chris has been apparently what doing some sort of uh, well I do hope it wasn't a workshop, but uh some sort of Education on a sexy time. Is that what's been going on? What's been going on? I hear stories. I
1: wasn't I wasn't delivering sex ed. That's no sex like... education.
0: I oh, thought it was an educational talk or a workshop on something to do with sexy times
1: no i at our moot this week um because we were trying to be good in january and we uh planned for the year a set of topics which we never do it's normally thrown Mm. together last minute before um as a lot of moots are i think um you have like a a loose idea anyway i thought that they would enjoy A session on sex magic and i thought
0: workshop did they have to swap biologicals or not no it wasn't the wiccan way purely symbolic like
1: (laughs) it wasn't an orgy um okay but it was um the reason i kind of thought it'd be nice to do it this week is because traditionally um this one because we we the last the last week of the month um Mm. we kind of Thought, oh well this will be the closest one to beltane mm. and obviously because there are some of them in there that they're not wiccan but they do kind of follow the seasonal change of the year well beltane is obviously one of the only ones i will tolerate um because i'm i'm not a huge fan of the wheel of the year i think it's a you know really shit approach because it actually doesn't really reflect modern day yeah. or even ancient world day yeah in this in the same way that it, it tries to emulate so i just i find it really frustrating but the only ones i will make any effort for are beltane and and obviously our other favorite one which is um october sowen
0: which they generally um, just call Sawen. so like or something yeah. if it's supernatural
1: so, fucking <laughs> morons um, <laughs> so yeah so i i kind of thought you know fire festival sex magic the two kind of go hand in hand don't they well one should think that it would be fiery you know at least on the
0: evening maybe not the following day when you've got the itch (laughs) you don't want that sort of fire fiery itch (laughs) from the night before
1: so yeah so i thought i thought it might be nice um and obviously beltane is also a kind of fertility um kind of ritual so that kind of made sense that you know uh mave and all that um Mary of the oak king and all that kind of crap um you kind of got that nice thing of well okay let's rebrand it sex magic let's go so What we did earlier on in the year, uh, which I think is what a moot should do, um, is we kind of, I posed a question and asked all of them to kind of give their experiences of um, before. Because then that way you've got an idea of how much you need to lay it on, um, Mm. depending on how well they did it. And I'd written a little list before I went in of, like, topic points that I was, you know, interested, thought might would work. Um, And actually, they hit about half the list. I was quite impressed, actually. Um, Bearing in mind, most of them hadn't really done any sex magic of any kind. So it was nice to know that at least had in their consciousness thought about it. So I'll pose the question to you, Liam, because... Um, this is how I kind of asked them so I kind of went in my line of work (laughs) um, I get lots of people conflate love and sex as being the same thing um, or at least too close to one another I said so if I was to ask you what is your understanding of love and sex magic and how different are the two
0: Well, love's the word, this uh, descriptive language of some sort of an emotion. (laughs) Yeah. And then the other one there's involved in some form of penetration. Uh, Okay. Basically.
1: Okay. So, yeah, so I kind of asked them then to kind of expand and kind of talk about any things that they would think of in terms of what they considered sex magic to be. Hmm. Uh, And we had the kind of typical ones um they obviously had some thoughts about biologicals um Mm. kind of sex magic as in kind of attraction magic uh even had one talk about the idea of kind of self-love um and kind of you know love magic could potentially be um you know the magic that's given in protection of loved ones um that sort of thing of kind of like that unintentional love magic what is but, this a family circle jerk or something very, very harry very harry potter um, right. self-sacrifice and all that kind of shit come yeah. on harry rub the us.
0: wow oh you know we were all thinking that
1: trust me to be standard oh
0: so um, did the talk
1: go well yeah, it was good. And obviously we got so... What I liked most was we got so distracted by each other, talking about each other's experiences. Mm. Um, and, and one of them talked about kind of like accidental kind of sex magic. Oh, premature in, sex magic. No, not premature sex ad- oh. Like As in um, when something that should have was mundane became magical oh. on the oh. basis that multiple people there were practitioners so that oh, kind right. of like um um he particularly was talking about when once upon a time it was part of a throuple um and they'd gone out and about oh. um that sort of thing is occurring and then kind of like you know as quite frequently happens which I don't think he realised this is quite freak, you know, is quite normal. Is um, animals got closer, so you know, mm. kind of waking up to, uh, you know, a deer nibbling at your nether regions is pretty standard for when you go and have, um, you know, sex magic in in the woods, right. um, because the animals f- feel that energy of um, that kind of mating call, kind of. Mm way of approach so it was quite interesting to kind of go well actually that's not the first time i've heard someone talk about that um that's quite common or at least my understanding of that is quite common um you know all the animals arriving at the orgy afterwards kind of thing um thankfully not during um but kind of afterwards because that kind of energy raises a certain kind of vibrant frequency around the space and kind of attracts those kind of things um but yeah it was it was really it was really nice to kind of hear their experiences and actually like i said even though they'd not done a lot of intentional sex magic um it was interesting to hear what their what their ponderings were um oh okay so, what
0: were some of the more, more bizarre, unusual ones then that you remember, uh, or is they it just generic spellcasting or consumption uh, or something?
1: Yeah, they were all quite they were all quite generic, and then people had kind of brought up other subjects that they didn't really know a lot about. So, the natural one is obviously like what this podcast is named after. The um, you know, there was mention of the Great Rite. Someone mm. had got a copy of the Ferrars with them. Um, and they were kind of, you know, flicking to the pages at the back around the kind of great right um, and kind of describing the expression, the difference of it expression between kind of the symbolic, you know, him putting his athame into her chalice, that sort of thing, oh. versus the actual act. Um, oh. And we had a bit of a chat about covens and particularly the Alexandrian ones. Um, and that kind of actual performance of the great right. Mm. Um, so what well, they were quite surprised to hear, because obviously that's their understanding of the great right, um, and they don't know a massive amount about its classical leaning. Mm. So obviously for them it was kind of like, oh, yeah, it's just about um, the coming together of masculine and feminine, mm. um, the kind of a very kind of Wiccan answer but yeah. not realizing it was a wiccan answer um, that's because a lot of
0: these wiccans don't realize they're wiccans because all they are exposed to witchcraft wise is wicca so they just think that that is witchcraft but yeah. they knew not experiencing other flavors oh. like they don't know about anal these people that just do the vanilla you know
1: i suppose so yeah so it's just kind of like it was interesting um to see what their their understanding of it was Mm. because obviously as you're very aware i do far too much sex magic intentional and otherwise Mm. um so to me it's quite a regular part (laughs) It's, it's (laughs) it's quite a regular part of my practice um you know being geared up the way that i am like means that um a lot of the work I do is is kind of probably easily classified as kind of sex magic, which mm. is done as a various various kinds of healing magic um both for myself and others, mm. is done through that process um, and not meaning kind of the other obvious ones, which was talking about things like tantric or mm. um, talking about the karma Sutra or or Kundalini. Um and kind of talking about all those different different flavors of the same thing, um which all have too much of a focus on masculine feminine um mm. and not in the way in which I approach it, which is very different um but maybe more about that on the other other half um so yeah, so going back to the the great right, um I was interested to see that actually they'd all got that kind of wiccan understanding of it not that mm. they any of them had partaken in um or were even wiccan necessarily but that's kind of how the the knowledge about mystery cults mm. all comes from uncle uncle gerald uncle gerald um, you know so it was yeah. kind of interesting to hear that actually the majority of their knowledge about the great Rite is that Oh. So talks about divine masculine and feminine coming together. So they're not really aware of any of the real fertility cults. Oh. Um, so you know they'd heard of the bacchanalia but know nothing of it. Um, they know nothing of you know the traditional great rite, which would be the uh, the Dionysia, um, which had um, huge festival games big performing arts um it's actually where a lot of our plays come from from the ancient world is the competitions that were held at that point are all part of honoring kind of you know either Dionysus or or the version that I believe Gerald um Uncle Gerald is stealing is actually more the one to do with um not Dionysus but actually kind of um Artemis and Acteon so which is actually a rape um not a consensual consensual sex situation mm. um so isn't a love and light um you know um hearty hearty valentinesy kind of approach um you know, it's coming well, to
0: is that. Why, in a lot of these Wiccan circles, it all gets a bit rapey, and there's lots of cult leaders. Often, I mean, there's always ones being accused of paedophilia and sexual assault and such. Is there something there, perhaps?
1: Well, if that if that's what the energy they're chasing, it's not surprising, really, is it? But there is that kind of part of actually looking at the pictures in the Farrar, mm. Um their in their book, the pictures of their ritual huh. actually does have her bound. Yeah. Um, so which makes me wonder. Um, I've never really looked into it, but it, it had me thinking about well, actually, one of the versions of that cult would be um Artemis and Action. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, she gets a he gets his comeuppance in the end when she turns him into a stag. And um and then he's te- torn apart by his own hunting hounds um mm. but they don't feel you know they don't do that bit um no. just, uh, they just it's all about the culmination isn't it it's about the mm. um bringing together of divine masculine and feminine um but it would explain why a lot of the kind of wiccan alexandrian i can't mm. speak to the the other kind why won't my brain give me the other kind well the so the um i don't know i don't know the difference particularly because it doesn't interest me mainly Mm. um of of the you know symbolism that they're going for in the two um but i can base on what the Faraz have put out there from the kind of alexandrian side um and that often is a crown he wears a crown that's got horns on
0: Mm.
1: which kind of gives the the hint towards Um, You know, all the Wiccans would like to say that's Serenos from the Celtic, but it's not. Um, It has more to do with the possibility of bringing the representation of the stag
0: um,
1: and the ultimate end of that partnership. Um, But yeah, the the kind of rapey aspect of it was very interesting from someone that has never practised that version of the great right um so kind of knowing knowing that it kind of does does beg the question like you say how rapey was wicker um, how rapey is it
0: now i mean um, fucking hell you hear stories don't you and allegations being made and stuff um i think a lot of it's getting very incredibly watered down because of I think partly I've been told the sheer amount of gays that are in the Wicca and all of that, because you have a lot of this idea of, yeah, there is a sexual reunion and such between male and female, and they think about manifestation of babies and stuff and the evolution of the the old um, sex cult, essentially. But it seems to be a lot more like, oh, well, you don't have to do it, you do it all symbolically, you see. And I kind of, part of me thinks, wait a minute the people that are that are waving blunt swords around trying to cast things up with a blunt sword they've never used a sword before are also doing um, pretend sex rites with daggers (laughs) and cauldrons and whatever else I mean at what point what, what point do you turn around and say well actually this isn't really logical in terms of the way I want to work why don't we work in another dichotomy why don't we not do this kind of sexual union type of magic and let's instead do something else mm. and it just makes little sense to me the only thing that I can think is that that is the only way they know how to do it because that's how someone else has made it 50 odd years ago and they can innovate I mean <laughs> It doesn't seem to be pushing past it doesn't seem to be pushing past the old uh kind of sex cult um it, if anything is actually regressing
1: yeah but i think part of that is that and i'm, I'm going to use the w word woke um oh. you know the, a big part of a big part of that is this search for and i hate it authenticity um, and they seem to think that the best way to be authentic is to copy a way that somebody else did rather than actually finding their own authentic way of producing the the energy or the the configuration required. Well,
0: a um, lot they, of the time they're not educated and aren't taught about magic, they're just used. In a lot of these cults, they have their, particularly with the Wiccans and a lot of the neo pagans in general, they have initiatory grades. Don't they say so they have a first degree, a second degree, a third degree, whatever else. And they're not taught, they really aren't taught. Like the whole point of you attending a ritual is just to raise energy and connect in their little, you know, plug yourself into their little network. And it's kind of like, well, that is very, that's very untraditional. <sighs>
1: Like, I, I know we often talk about the fact that actually it's, it's about, you know, keeping them all dumb um, to yeah. make them, keep them useful. But uh. also, I think part of it breeds, particularly for the insta-witches, um, this stagnation of power because uh. they only really experience magic when in a group um and, yeah. spend the, and spend the time between that being kind of dormant mm. um waiting yeah. for the yeah. next group ritual they're all um,
0: they're all group uh basically all of the information that they get is evolved from a fertility cult that was group orientated and yet the majority of practitioners call themselves solitary yeah Which, just think about that for a second think yeah. about that for a
1: second so but particularly when you're talking about something like the great Rite,
0: mm.
1: which is about the coming together of mixing energies <coughs> um, in order to produce something new. Um, mm. It's kind of interesting in that process of kind of going, actually, what does that mean for you? Because actually you should both be arriving with your own power. Mm. It shouldn't only become something when there's multiple of you. Mm. You should be, you know, um, for lack of a better phrase, uh, looking after and tending to your own instruments in the meantime. Um, mm. Until, like, you know, it's almost like, um, which was on my list and they hadn't considered um, this enforced con- concept of celibacy. Mm.
0: Um,
1: so obviously I was then talking about uh, botanicals as a power source and went on to talk about nos. Uh, you know the um the goetics um yeah. and thinking about well actually a lot of contracts with demons and and other forms like that include the kind of um payment in bodily fluids now mm. depending whether or not that's a blood right or you know i know plenty of people that have gone down the the semen variety
0: yeah. um
1: in order to have that lasting contract and you know, and knowing the the leftover of that, mm-hmm. um, the bit the bit that I found particularly interesting is um, they'd not considered about the um, kind of weak point, and maybe we'll pick this up again on the other side. But the 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 vulnerability that comes at that point, mm-hmm. so at point of orgasm or you know point of union there is a weakness that is being observed at that point, a vulnerability that is there to be um you know taken advantage of
0: Mm. which
1: you know is my particular kind of variety of um sex magic is that is a point at which when I teach others about poppet work and Mm. taking advantage of those moments of where someone's back is turned not literally liam um but you know there is you don't know you don't
0: know the position do you
1: you know but that that vulnerability that's there that that person at orgasm is open Mm. um and not necessarily aware of which of their bodies they're in um Mm. and therefore you know reaching in and taking a piece and and walking away um is a big opportunity there um it's also an opportunity for mixing on a level that is not often available to the um uninitiated as it were so um it was kind of talking about things like that they'd never given any thought to um Mm -hmm. because they none of them were experienced in sex magic so if you're not observing with your other eyes at those points because you are separating that act from and putting it quite clearly in the mundane box Mm. and not considering the massive potential of um, magical uses of that energy that is Mm. available at that time or the kind of um, for lack of a better word sacred space that's kind of being created in a sexual union um that kind of blissful moment for a lot of people um all of that is a you know mistaken opportunity the the other part of kind of the flip side of that is celibacy Mm. that kind of ritualized celibacy where that's what i bring to the table (laughs) you know which is which is what i talk to Uh, talk to them about because they again they would not given any thought of that the idea Mm. of giving up an orgasm as payment Mm. had never crossed their mind like um or you know sex with other kinds of spirits Mm. um we didn't get as far as talking about the subject we often talk about on here which is um about giving up your body in order for another for yeah. possession work um i thought that might have blown their mind a little bit too much oh uh,
0: well that's a fun one i think we know, have spoken about it before on the podcast though
1: no and then the other one they really hadn't heard of um which helped one colleague that was there because they were kind of like oh yeah i've come across that term in a lot of my um grim was, but i'd never actually mm. known what that was so obviously he was a gay he's a gay man so what would he know about the seed of lilith but you know <laughs> so i obviously had to have a, a a you know a conversation about the mysteries of the female ejaculate um, um so it was kind of like so yeah so having that kind of conversations with them i think was partially very <laughs> mind-blowing for some of them which i think if you're not going to go for mind-blowing sex magic what's the point
0: mm. well i mean it is a sort of explosive ritual isn't it you know so
1: yeah, yeah i felt like i felt like they learned a lot <laughs> mm. um and maybe they'll give some more thought to sex magic in the future maybe a workshop next time no i'm not sure i'm prepared Making i don't think I a strong enough stomach
0: seed of lily for you and you and you everyone gets <laughs> seed of lily in the eye here's a napkin <laughs> that's
1: not the episode of uh, of oprah i think i'd ever want to see <laughs> it would be funny if there was though you get some oh. seed you all get some seed um <laughs> but but yeah so it, it was it was good i i very much enjoyed it um particularly because it's a subject i like to talk about. Um because I don't think it gets enough talk. Um, no, but is that just because people are prudish or yeah I blame or, the Victorians.
0: Is it that or is it that there's too many um, uh, solitary practitioners though these days?
1: Yeah, but this is the thing. The whole concept of actually being able to raise energy on your own, and none of them are thinking. I mean, they oh, won't think to do that, will they? Whether... They don't think to grab the wand and use that for magic. Do you know what I mean? I mean what a fucking wand? <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about you, but the wand chooses the wizard, Harry. Um, oh. So I think it just gets upgraded according to how baggy it gets. <laughs> <on> it.
0: <laughs> Eventually, you're on mains power.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I just I um. I kind of just see see it as an important part of practice. <coughs> oh, that was a seed of Lilith trying to come back up.
0: Oh damn! It's when it gets halfway down your throat and just lodges there, isn't it?
1: Oh, oh. but yeah. So i I thought it was it, I thought it was good. I think people learnt a lot. But I just don't think it's part a big enough part of some people's practice. Um, Should we be setting more sex magic homework than for people? I don't know about that. I don't. We'd be doing a witch wars. I don't know if people would be (laughs) insulted by saying witch wars. (laughs) I don't know if it's appropriate to say to a man. I don't know.
0: I mean, you know, they're big boys (laughs) and girls, aren't they? We might have to be an email. 18 plus type <laughs> Witch Wars. No one under the age of 18. I mean, so, it would be fun, wouldn't it? We could do okay. it for Witch Wars 8.
1: Maybe. Um, up- upgrade your bedroom tools. I don't know. Well, I was
0: going to say, everyone get their keys. Like, get your... Um, manifest yourself a um, a Crossroads key from a cartel <laughs> and then put it in the magical bowl and then we all draw a key out <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hi. oh the parties of my youth <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i just it's one of those things where yeah i don't i don't think enough people give it any thought and i think that's mm-hmm. ca- kind of part of the problem um you know but where would you like me to go with this
0: well I don't know I mean we can carry on slate uh, and neo-pagan practice or we could talk about specifics of sex magic or evolution of sex magic and rituals that involve the great Rite and those sorts of themes I don't know what you want or you could talk about classical um, any classically inspired is there any inspiration that we can glean from way back when in terms of the sexy time magic
1: Um, i must say a lot of a lot of the classical references a lot of the particularly the greek and roman ones are very Mm. rapey yeah which is probably why um probably why uncle gardner you know uncle gerald liked them so much potentially um yeah because it's my internet
0: history so we don't need to judge
1: (laughs) i suppose i
0: suppose but i think there needs to be more people that are into fetish getting involved with the sex magic because they're very you know they normally understand owner exploring a very specific kind of kink or energy or type of play or something like that i mean you hear a little about magical sex sploshing do you and yet you hear all about kitchen witchery you don't get the kitchen witches, you know baking a nice spread and then uh doing the sex magic do you all you get is someone's sticking menstrual blood in meatballs
1: every now and then well yeah which is kind of all you hear about it mm. you know like i said unless you come across the obscure reference in a goetic manuscript or a um or a grim of uh, the seed mm. of lilith and not having a clue what that is about mm. um you know there is but even in in that you're kind of not necessarily thinking about what that is mm. um and i don't mean the female ejaculate i just mean as in the concept of this is some kind of you know evil mir- miracle, mm. um, in the sense that from the evil miracle, I you know, like the sound of that. You know, I love an oxymoron. Yeah. The um, well, that's got you to know be that a podcast c- episode, surely. What the evil miracle, evil miracle. Um, so just you know, there is that kind of part of thinking, you know, like lesbians not being a thing for a really long time because men couldn't get their heads around the concept that two women could have sex like there is that kind of ancient version of that is the female ejaculate of kind Mm -hmm. of like so few men will have ever experienced it that it must be a myth um Mm -hmm. so kind of like to then kind of make that a mythic thing that Mm -hmm. oh well obviously you know the first woman First, evil woman specifically um must be the person you know must be the spirit capable of such a such a uh, such an evil miracle as, as, the, <laughs> as a female ejaculate. Do you know I what I mean? Can't believe you're
0: referring to the female ejaculate as an evil miracle. I mean, that's very very abrahamic
1: ordeal Well, I know, but this I'm like I say, I'm applying that specific lens. Mm. because that's the that's at which the point that you observe it um it's not something that's mentioned in other other places um but they seem to think that's like trying to find hen's teeth um or unicorn poo like do you yeah. know what i mean like it's it's on that list of things that practitioners of a certain age must yeah. think it's not possible mm. um therefore it's something like it like turtle blood yeah uh, it's, a, it's a rare magical a magical item due mm. to its rarity. Mm. Um, and the reason it's rare of turtle blood anyway was because they'd eaten all the turtles once they'd realised where they were because they were too tasty. Wasn't that, mm. was that Darwin or Columbus or one of those that almost completely decimated turtles as a whole because they tasted too good? Mainly because they're the first fast food. It comes in its own <laughs> dish. It um, <laughs> comes in <this> dish. <laughs> um, You just you know you crack it the
0: dish afterwards as well. It's you cook cool.
1: it, crack it, crack it open, and it, you know um, all you need is an, an eating implement. Implement like those um, gooey cheesecakes you can buy. It
0: comes with a little glass dish. You know that's quality when a disposable dish that you get from like a cheesecake or something from a shop is actually made of glass, it's not some plastic shit. <laughs> they make for a wonderful candles. Uh,
1: Oh, I, I I use them as ramekins I like them mm-hmm. very much Right well if there are any
0: ladies listening That are planning on having a um, <laughs> An evil miracle this evening Then feel free to let us know how it went This time can you not send pictures though It's enough to put you off really honestly yeah,
1: Liam doesn't have that strong a stomach No I don't Um. So yeah so that that to me was a big one Um, and particularly the kind of usage in contract making, Mm. um, I think is a fascinating subject, but whether or not other people would, I don't know. Um, you ask kind of questions, particularly those that like the, the concept of karma and -hmm. this from a kind of causal, um, cause and effect kind of, you've been a naughty boy. So you're going to come back as a cockroach this time. Mm -hmm. Um, does that mean that that person is also the pre-programming of a a paedophile or um Mm. do you know what i mean of kind of going well actually is there a contract in there that says that they can only get off um if if it if it's a pre-pubescent teen like do you know what i mean like there's that kind of question um, well, if you're talking asked, about way back when, though,
0: I mean, it wouldn't have necessarily been considered an issue, would it? It would just be kind oh. of, to a certain extent, everyday life.
1: No. Well, you know, if we're going to go on back in classical times, mm. you know, it would be standard for yeah. any man to be fucking a teenage boy until at least yeah. they turn 30 mm. or or get married, one or the other um what's interesting is more the fact that that's not taboo in the ancient world but what was taboo in the ancient world was to still be fucking that teen if they were growing hair in particular places like and that that is that is bizarre um that there actually isn't is isn't an issue with you an age difference um there's more on the pitch you know and bitch. <laughs> exactly and you just kind of like that that is a different kind of taboo in that world um yeah. but yeah it's i i think it's an under discussed topic which part sex magic
0: or paedophilia <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i think we talk about paedophilia far too much but i think we have uncle gerald to think about that jim will fix it (laughs) jim will fix it oh wow that's very specific he strikes me as the sort that probably would have
0: been (laughs) he's got that look hasn't he
1: well he was doing most of his most of his magic in the 70s and 80s so yes he was very into
0: necromancy and necrophilia which that's the thing a lot of people focus on the children and that they don't focus on the corpses. It was messed up in many ways, many ways. It wasn't just the children part. But anyway, let's uh let's move on, shall we? So <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of uh using a sex magic with a consenting partner that is not consenting, which basically means they're consenting to the sex part, but they're not consenting or unaware of the magical part. That's always potentially yeah. fun. I'm sure you're an expert in that, aren't you?
1: Definitely. Definitely. Um but to me I I see it as recycling. Um, so to them it's just Doing energy. <laughs> it's to them it's just energy that they're expelling. Yeah. Um that they weren't gonna do anything with anyway. So Mm. to me it's just, you know, being good for the environment and shit. Are you a
0: corporeal incubus succubus? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) You just feed on it, do you?
1: So, well, you know, keeps me looking young. (laughs) Is that because you rub it in the skin or what? What's the No, Energetics, the um you know I'm not very keen on biologicals. Not the biologicals.
0: This is just the energy, isn't it?
1: No. I mean the biological can just go in
0: a sock, can it? Uh,
1: well, Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, or just, or just, you know, don't spit. Like I, I, I was brought up correctly. There's no such thing as spitting in in the bedroom. That's just wrong. No, I don't think that's quite right, is it? No.
0: No. It either it's... gets mopped up or it gets swallowed.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, when someone goes to the effort of making you a meal. <laughs> you've
0: literally
1: (laughs) you've literally got to attempt it haven't you oh god and i was always i was always told although there are cultures in the world aren't there where you're supposed to leave something on your plate otherwise they've not satisfied you as a guest you just
0: leave a little bit of a dribble because it's kind of (laughs) photogenic
1: so but yeah, it's it's one of those things of I think it's you ut- you know utilizing spare energy, and I don't like waste. Mm. So, to me, I think it's very effective. Um, also, it was the way I was built. You know,
0: well, I was you born were built to day. be a whore. Were you? <laughs>
1: um, well, I've been I've been a lady of the night for very many 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 lives um so you know we used to call it assassins Uh, (laughs) quite the carry on so but um but no they're kind of i think the concept of a fertility cult is lost on too many people um again it comes down to the producing producing of energy to not do any anything with it mm. um which is a bit i struggle with is why you would go to all that effort you know i'm gonna make use of that energy aren't you especially if you spent 30 minutes douching beforehand <laughs> fucking hell <laughs>
0: Does it really take 30 minutes to do that, though? I mean, that sounds like that's a session in itself. <laughs> I mean, it is for fun, isn't it? That's a whole fetish in itself. Uh, With the old shower attachment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you time your friends. How long is it going to take before he blows?
1: <laughs> so, so, yeah. Especially I, if I... a
0: beer douche. You ever done one of those beer bong douche things? No, no, that's a bit frat boy, isn't it? (laughs) That's a bit too frat boy for me. Or nurses. Nurses seem to do that for some reason. I'm not entirely sure where that comes from, but it seems to be a big thing in nursing.
1: Um, I don't know. I'm not going to say what I was thinking, but it's fine. Oh, go um, on, you might as well.
0: I mean, we're on the naughty
1: bit. No, I think we've already overshared a little bit too much. But oh, the, wow. um... It must have been really bad then. <laughs>
0: hey. But no. So, slavery. Okay. <laughs> within uh, some of these zombie powder type thing but it actually might be easier to turn the other half or someone that you like and such into your own personal slave and keep them in control using sex. That's one that I am sure there's a lot of ladies that would like to use on the husbands, but does thou need to tie up the husband? Or can it be merely a magical energetic tying? Because some they're involved in like the like the fetish and stuff, that has a lot of carryover into the physical part so physically restraining you know especially, especially since that 50 shades of grey lot you know started jumping on the bandwagon and that all these fluffy handcuffs and silk ties and such but you could do that magically speaking couldn't you in the bedroom
1: yeah and i th- I, I think there's a I think there's a room i think there's room for a lot of it mm. um I think energetically, um, I think a lot of witches miss out, particularly of the lady kind, um, particularly because most of them should be well-versed in the fact that straight men will generally do anything for the puss. Um, So it seems to be fairly slave-inducing anyway. Um, So, you know, I think energetically, if someone was a, you know, someone took the time and energy there is a lot of scope there. Um, I know I've had mentees and, and clients very interested in those, uh, you know, he can only come if it's with me kind mm. of spells. Um, All right, yeah. And kind of
0: put themselves I, I normally in. see more of those for revenge, though, rather than in a healthy relationship.
1: Oh, yeah. But if if you're at the point where someone is um getting to the point where they're obsessive about jealousy Mm. um then you know that that stage often comes long before the the Mm. the revenge um so but then you could argue that that's where self-love is so important Mm. um you know obviously there's a balance to be made um, lots of people get fall into the trap of, well, no one makes me come as well as I do, so what do I need them for? Um, kind of angle, if, if it gets too much, you know, too good at the self-love.
0: So what of manifestations when there's something wrong then? Because obviously all of the sexual parts are still a part of the body and there's also a lot of energy going on. there can be things that can be displayed during sex ritual, sex magic, sexual organs, and all that kind of thing, which are symptoms of a potentially magical attack or potentially something that's going on wrong, that kind of thing. I mean, when you look at a lot of the magical potions and such, there's a lot of aphrodisiacs in there. Um, There's a lot of people like we've had I know I've had people that have approached me with regards to issues in the bedroom and such like that, where there's some sort of magical target. So it's not necessarily always direct. So we talked about, you know, he only comes for me type thing. It could be other things that are just like a manifestation that's affecting that area of the person. Libido is a big one um there was a certain someone that had a tattoo they made some uh, runic tattoos had it all put on them all of a sudden it was apparently to do with love had them ran the wrong way when it was tattooed and all of a sudden everything don't work anymore no fascinating it was an interesting case that one I like that because it's so symbolic of the complete ineptitude of fucking idiots but there we go so yeah, so any stories or anything like that or things that people should watch out for? Obviously yep. there's the Magical STD, Magical Crabs episode that I did, so definitely check that out on the uh, No Holds Bar the Cult Ramblings. But
1: no, I don't... Um, I'm probably not going to give necessarily examples, um, mainly because they're not coming to the top of my head. You shouldn't say um...
0: people's names, Chris,
1: now they'll get very upset especially in this department
0: i should imagine
1: what's what i will say is quite in what his libido which you pointed out is one that people have a tendency to focus on because they don't see it i'm going to use a really bad analogy here i think um but they don't see it as a river Mm. um that you know with its with its own you know changes that happen in different parts of the river Mm. um where over time you know the water level rises and falls um and that is part and parcel of human existence Mm. um and that doesn't mean necessarily there obviously there are lots of things that mess with libido mental health is a big part of where someone's libido is um also the kind of rise and fall of different kinds of hormones um throughout throughout life and aging um you know so bearing that in mind which i think lots of people put too much emphasis and i think it's down to the fact that porn is too readily available um that both partners male or female um are fixated with this idea that it should always be available and i think in re- more recent years as you're seeing a lot more you know granny porn and all sorts of things i think it also potentially sells an idea that um the female libido particularly um is just as everlasting as the male one Well, I think
0: from my personal experience, when women get to around 50, they turn into right dirty bitches. Mm. Oh, my, my God, the amount of female clients that I have from PT and that they're absolutely filthy. And they're always going on about trying to, you know, get off with this, that the other, whether it's the husband or not the husband, there's a very, very common theme. And they are often very upfront about it. They just stop caring past the age of 50 by the themes of it, whatever people think about them <laughs> yeah. and they turn really really dirty and it's lovely to see if they're having fun and stuff like
1: that but it's like honestly it makes me blush. Mm. Well there's an, there's an incredible amount of um, you know, <laughs> <coughs> there's an incredible amount of um, older individuals of of the kind of nursing home age yeah that are still on still on viagra and it's mm. not necessarily because they need it um it's because they can't keep up mm. um with with their female clients um or I mean, clients is totally the wrong word Why they did take... you fucking say client i don't <laughs> You've know wrong with jigglers again haven't you <laughs> flashbacks to giggleover club honestly it's all, it's, all, it's all this talk about um sex magic it's it's ma- oh. giving me flashbacks of the olden days oh. um so the yeah there's they don't see it as something that ebbs and flows they see it as something that is continual oh. so a lot of people particularly with their partners will see that as a personal um Kind of a personal attack or uh, an example of some kind of change in mood that is mm. often considered to them considered their fault mm. um when their partner's libido ebbs and flows so mm. when it's ebbing and they think they're to blame or that they're getting it somewhere else mm. i think a lot of a lot of the angst around those changes um is not as clear. And actually, if you were to look at it energetically, you would see that actually it's the flow that's changed. Mm. Um, you know, and it may be on an ebb instead of a flow, Mm. but they don't look energetically. Even those that are practitioners, they go straight to the insecurities of being part of a couple and assume they've either done something wrong they don't love them anymore um all those kind of um, idiosyncrasies around that kind of fear um that comes with being with someone for a really long time um and forgetting that actually this is a natural process it will come back around again and that actually it's a delicate balance of libido and and mental health and and um hormones and those change as we age you know they go up at times they go down they go for different things you know it's why men suddenly in their mid 40s decide to go out and get a race car um it's it's not necessarily got anything to do with them needing or not getting enough sex it's down to the fact they're after a different thrill Mm and people's tastes change, so kind of all of those things are, are part and parcel of that aging process or that um, enrichment process, I guess, um, yeah. As as people's tastes refine over time and they're like, you know, particularly couples who talk about, oh, well, when we first met, it was all like this and it's not like that 30 years later. And you're kind of like, well, no, because you've, you're both different. You've both changed and you've both changed as a couple and as individuals Mm. because 30 years has gone by. And I Mm. I think lots of people will judge where, where they are from where they've started,
0: Mm. not
1: necessarily as to where they're going. Mm. Um, which is, I think is very true of all sorts of, um, miss um diagnoses shall we say um particularly when it comes from an energetic thing and something to do with kind of sex or love is always overread in the wrong direction because it's too personal for most people to separate mm. from and to be impartial about it
0: yeah. Well we started when you opened up talking about this to start off the podcast. You talked about the difference with sex and love and that. And obviously there's the stereotypical jokes that making love is just a slower version of sex and fucking is a faster, more aggressive version of sex. But love's an emotion, isn't it? Sex doesn't necessarily have to be an emotion. Sex is an action, it's something that you do, whereas love's something that you feel. But during a sex you also often also feel things Mm. but is it different the same things or is it other things it's mainly more stimulation physically but then on top of that if there's love involved with it as well interesting
1: so i think it's a fascinating subject and i think people shy away from it Mm. because it leads into and and feeds into those insecurities hmm. um and I think a lot of people don't share their experiences largely because, like I said before, um porn is so regularly available that there is a misunderstanding of what is normal hmm. um, because every kind of um, you know beautiful and sick representation is available um and if they get far enough down the rabbit hole i know a few well they do few say people that it, feel like they've completed porn yeah I,
0: it, they say that it really massively fucks up your dopamine levels and that and that you end up looking for a weirder and weirder kind of thrill and stuff um which i think is true i think there's a lot of you know, research has been done on that these days that it gets linked back to porn and stuff, but it's interesting, I mean, it's not going to go away is it? That's the thing you're not going to get rid of porn
1: No, no it's too it's too of, um, effective a I, um, I won't say sales item I can't think of the word I want um, commodity <laughs> I was going to say to a certain extent it's an escape for
0: a lot <laughs> of people, isn't it?
1: yes because like reading it's the equivalent of where that's how we obs- that's how we consume um nowadays so mm. where someone might go and read a book um and in the olden days a dirty magazine or a mills and boone depending on mm. who what kind of variety and what you're after um used to be the way of doing that at mm. which point you are only at the mercy of your own imagination. Mm. Um, Whereas now you've got that kind of third dimension of seeing all of these things played out. And particularly now that you've got like VR porn and all kinds of things, Mm. it now adds all those layers of why Mm. would people go for the real thing when it can't meet their fantasy?
0: What do you think of the idea like that because of the existence of porn and stuff like that, there, people don't like there is no major sexual tension between people these days. So where you had back in the day there would be a lot of sexual tension because everyone was kind of wanting it or craving it to a certain extent and they wouldn't really get it. whereas nowadays you could literally just go go home and bash one out. Um, or someone got caught in the gym the other day bashing one out in the disabled toilet and that staff member now has to have been disciplined. It was hilarious. <laughs> and I told absolutely everyone not to use the specific disabled toilet. But anyway. Um, with that because you talk about like oh particularly like men and women and stuff like that these days they get told like oh the younger ones is really difficult to meet each other i don't you know no means no am i allowed to you know spank someone on the bum am i allowed to do this am i allowed to do that you're not allowed to do that it's kind of like well how much does that affect because if everyone's kind of randy because they haven't got a huge amount of outlet then there's a constant amount of sexual tension that i think that you'd notice more when you do naturally connect with someone else whereas i've maybe there that's kind of missing nowadays so people that are interested in you you might not notice that these days whereas maybe back in the day every back in the day when everyone was on a bit more of a higher alert you probably would um
1: i wonder if it's simpler than that which is in the olden days you'd be chasing you know you'd be chasing that experience um and you your your experience would be completely um dependent on what you'd actually managed to achieve Mm. now you have these kind of things else you can view Mm. and then you kind of change what you think is possible Mm. um you know not to go on about it because we don't have time, but, you know, you could you could expand this into the kind of incel culture that's going oh, yeah. on now, involuntary celibacy, this idea that um, you know, men aren't getting enough and women are withholding it from them when actually the reality of it is they don't have the skills that are necessary um to woo anymore Um because they lack the emotional intelligence mm. of because they think it's as simple as um ding dong pizza delivery oh i dropped the pizza on the floor you'll have to go and nosh my knob like <laughs> what the fuck? do you know what i mean like, <laughs> what they, what fucking is You <laughs> fucking hell. Um, but you know what i mean like that is their understanding is that women should instantly want it even though they don't know who you are um, and actually because that's the ki- the part of the porn world that they spend their time in. Okay. Um, whereas, you know, there's going to for us, um, entre- no, that's not the word I want. Connoisseurs, entrepreneurs. Um, <laughs> you were going to say entrepreneurs. Then. I was. The, you know, us connoisseurs of the porn world um, are probably more aware of the fact, the way in which the porn world has had to change mm. to cater for different needs now. And by that I mean, you know, the amount of, uh, you know, gay porn for straight women that now mm. exists, yeah. because they want porn that is far more sensitive mm. um, than the and the porn that they're used to seeing, or storyline um, and rich you know, emotion and
0: connection.
1: Exactly, which actually means that if uh, if these incel kids um, need to, want to know what women want that's the part of the porn world they need to be watching the algorithm keeps them separate like chris it does it keeps them deliberately separate
0: right and that's it for another edition of the no hold bar witchcraft podcast it may have not been the education you were expecting but i'm hoping you learned something
1: (laughs) or at the very least it hit your buttons
0: yeah (laughs) bye